Greetings and welcome to CritCast episode 32, where we're going over the Phobo Strike Team Guide. I'm joined once again by Scrivo. Hey Scrivo, how are you? Yo, yo, I'm all good. All good. Yeah, and if you're um, watching this live or Patreon, you're actually seeing us live video, right? It's, it's, it's yeah, amazing. It's, it's very odd. I actually put clothes on this time. Normally John has to put up with knowing that I'm sat here in my boxes, so... Me too. It's, it's like I've actually had to put effort on. Um, I should actually have recorded a video today, but it's fine. It's fine. Who, who cares about schedules? Um, so, yeah, we, we, we actually haven't uh, done a video for a while because of scheduling. Because like, I, I decided to go to America twice. Um, As you which, do. Yeah, which in a month. Well, four-week period, which has ruined That's, that's called schedule. a month. That's called a month, John. Yeah, you're quite right. Yes, yes. Well, you know, uh, and then you've been doing stuff as well, because my last episode was with Dakota talking about LVO, because I'm starting on my LVO boosting stuff, because we want LVO to be the biggest kill team event in the world. Outside of Spain? No, in the world. No, just outside of Spain, because no. that, that's the center point of uh, kill team. That is the kill zone, I hear. No, uh, Spain has actually not lost players, but it hasn't matched the players it got last year, if that makes sense. Yeah, understandable. Uh, Maintaining any community is kind of a challenge, right? Especially when there's a slower release schedule, maybe, or a different release schedule. Like if people are already invested and they don't necessarily want to buy the new stuff or aren't so engaged by it, they might just they might sit out for a bit. Yeah, like they're still getting large turnouts, but not as much as the year prior. So I think yeah. last year they had like the biggest tournament, which was ninety six. Then Warhammer Fest happened, which was one hundred and fourteen, and then no one's being close. <laughs> since so that's been interesting and at the moment when i last spoke to the core lvo was like already 110 so hopefully like we've well, already sold more than last year well if they want me to come they can fly me over i don't mind i can i can help well it's, it's the weird thing so when i signal boosted the new york open which i went to uh, at the end of october they told me like when i announced it it basically like doubled their attendance from like 20 to 40 something. So hopefully I'll have the same effect with LVO. And uh, the interesting, I found that the French are going now. Um, London, well, the UK players won't go for 2024, but now they want to go for 2025 because, um, well, LVO is actually like a really good venue in general, like for tournaments, I would say. Like if you've never been, I'd recommend going at least once because it's really fun. Maybe not for 40k, but even 40k, it's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's a long way to go to play three-hour games. I think that would be my thing. Is like mm. jet lag plus long games sounds a big ask. Well, so I have my local club who go, but they they play on the Friday, right? And then they do the LVO pub crawl, <sighs> and then play again on the Sunday <laughs> because they have missed their Saturday games. Of course they did. <laughs> yeah. No, the pub crawls on the Saturday. Sorry, yeah, the pub crawls on the Saturday night, right? And it's like they go, they go like, oh, after five, you can stop after three, you know, like three different bars. And then my, my my club mates are like, let's keep going. We've we've only hit bar number six, and everyone else is like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Uh, uh, but that's why they miss the the Sunday tournaments. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Like, uh, and oddly, what I found weird when I went, not in a bad way, when I went there, they were like, if you're an international player, they ask you to come up and they give you a special prize. And then they're like, thank you for coming. Because they say, like, it's really important not just to have, like, national players, but it's like international players keep them going. Yeah. So. Which is really nice, you know. They gave me either, I, I could have taken the weird bar glasses or the dice. So I was like, I'll take the big dice. So this year, well, in January, I'm going to get the bar glasses. You know, I don't know if you can actually see through them, but I was like... I think you can. Okay. But um, yeah, I've, I've been in tournaments and I'm almost burning out. So now we're back on the guides because people love the guides. Like the guides have gone like... The guides in, pop, in general are quite popular on, on my YouTube, but on the podcast, they've kind of grown also yeah. because, of, because of Scrivel. So. Well, it's nice that you've got someone to sort of bounce the ideas off of and kind of discuss and kind of ask why because sometimes it can be very disjointed if you're literally just going here is the knowledge yeah. and then there's not someone going but why but why would you do that and then explaining sometimes having the layman can help i think yeah 
yeah. Um, um, but what have you been up to, Scribble? Well, since we last did a stream, um, the team that I play 40k for, um, I've started doing a series about the WTC, so the, the uh. World Team Championships for 40k. I've been doing a little show called Scrivo versus the World, where I'm just kind of explaining what it all is. And the last episode I did, probably three weeks ago, uh, I interviewed uh, the co-captain of Team Scotland, Innes Wilson. So that was really nice, kind of touching base and kind of exploring Scotland and how their community kind of forms. Um, and on top of that, I've been doing codex guides where I've been like this, tearing apart all the detachments in the Space Room codex. And then with my buddy, Ed, we've been literally just going, here's what these things do. Would we use them? No. And then example list at the end, which is quite fun, I think, because it kind of goes, here's all the learning kind of put into an example of what you could do, which like when we do these kind of going, I'd take this, these um, operatives and not these operatives. Explaining that is kind of nice, I think. No, yeah. Well, I, it's I, being, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's really cool because um, your content looks great. And it's like, basically, if you play 40K, just listen to Scrivo. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Could, wait, what, what country do you play for, for, for 40k, Scrivo? I am a coach for Team Wales. Wales? Oh, did you yeah. know I also played for Wales as well? Yeah. We're Funnily, fellow Welshmen. The, the, the former Wales AOS captain and Team Wales 40k captain was actually there playing for England, of all things, as well. Just wanted some spice there. That's Fun one. That's yeah. how, how dare he. Wait, for, for Age of Sigma, right? Uh, yeah. Despicable. Yeah. Shameful. Disowned. Yeah. Um, it's it's going down at the Welsh uh, Parliament, the Assembly. I, I believe there is a whole discussion about it next week. Well, there isn't. Just, just no one to, cares. <laughs> I played at the World Championships of Warhammer, if you weren't aware. Yeah. So I, I was one of the Welsh players. There were two other Welsh players for Age of Sigmar, right? Yeah. There were, there were only 10 countries for Kill Team, right? But I yeah. placed tied for ninth, right? So I beat a country of three players and I tied... With another country of free players by myself for Wales. And then in Age of Sigmar, there were like 13 countries. And um, the two Welsh players got tied for ninth, which was insane. Oh, gosh. And, and it, Matt Mallow, who's I know one of the two, is a superb, superb general. Uh, like, that says how tough that field must have been. Yeah, and the weirdest thing, uh, from the country rankings, Wales finished 11th overall out of all the game systems. Like, we were, we were just like one or two points outside of uh, being in the top 10. So Wales, That's you know, everyone's sleeping. Exactly. My favourite thing at the World Championships is when they were doing the country roll call and ev someone started booing for England and everyone joined in. It was <laughs> the best. Oh, that's the best. Yeah, everyone right. was just booing that's England. Yeah, it was just like... Yeah. It's great. Oh. Had my Welsh flag. They're all looking around going, are we the villains? Like, yes. Yes, <laughs> yeah. you are. Even the Americans didn't get booed. Even the Americans. Oh, so that, that was I'm not, funny. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. No, that was, that, that was great. Uh, but the World Championships of Warhammer really cool. Um, that was long. Uh, I think, like, I've done enough videos on that. But, um, yeah, we did a lot of stuff in the meantime. But today... We're talking about um, Phobos Strike Team. So it's actually one that's been requested a lot. Uh, yeah. And even Scrivo asked. So I was like, yeah, let's let's do Phobos Strike Team. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's a team that's exciting, but don't often seem to appear in uh, at tournaments. And when I have seen them, they've been towards the bottom of the, the roster, I'd yeah, say. They're a lot better now and they've come kind of like a sleeper hit so aces use them well but you you see people talking how like phobos are terrifying to play against but you you don't actually see them doing that well you just even mm. when we're covering the stats they were still rocking like a 50 percent, which is good right but everyone's terrified of them but no one's using them well i've, I've played them against them once across six or seven tournaments i've gone to which says it already Yes, so <laughs> I think it'll be interesting because I know Ace has done a guide. There's a few guides out there and I'll probably make a video guide on them eventually, but I think it's better to cover them in a podcast first. So like going into it, who are the Phobos strike team? Well, they're literally just the Vanguard Space Marines, right? They're in, no, they're in Phobos yeah. armor. They yeah. are the Vanguard but they are, they are part of the Vanguard, yes. And this kill team consists of 
incursors, infiltrators, and reavers, which all bear yeah. the same uh, Phobos armor, isn't it? Yeah, it's the mark of armor that they're wearing, which is a lighter armor, and they only have one shoulder pad. So there's some yes. cosmetic differences. Yeah, and they like the best way I describe it. I'm showing my age here, but it's like, uh, did you ever watch Power Rangers Ninja Storm? But no. But basically, their Megazord had the normal mode, and then oh, it had God. its it had its ninja mode, where basically its armor shrank down, so it looked <laughs> like a Phobos Marine. Because you know how Phobos Marine have this really weird where the armor gets thinner where you go like towards the center of like the legs and arms and then it bulks out again. Yeah. It's basically like that. So that's how I imagine it. Uh, it just, cause it makes, cause they, they did that. So it could do f like, so the Megazord would be faster. And that basically represents what Phobos are. They're like intercessors, but trimmed down. Yeah. So it's, it's to suit the role that they're less heavily armored, uh, although it doesn't affect their save in 40 K, but it gives them a different, um, a toolkit. So they're often, infiltrators or um they'll often have other rules around them so for example in 40k if you put infiltrators with a phobos librarian they become lone operatives which means you can't shoot them if you're not within 12 inches of them which, which is, very is powerful. pesky very powerful. pesky yes especially when you start putting like annoying stuff in them but um yeah the the way i'll cover it when you get into like what do you call it uh i guess uh, the kill team strength and weaknesses but because kill team is a more what do you call it uh in-depth game than 40k yeah. there are actually differences between normal intercessors and the phobos marines but that's the yeah. main difference they're like the sneaky black ops guys which is yeah. going to be problematic for the scouts when you have two teams from the same faction doing similar things where they differ though is scouts get access to things like heavy weapons yes Whilst the Phobos guys generally have got heavy bolt pistols, mines, marines. bombs. Yes, so they've got the black carapace. They've got the extra organs that get added if they've gone Primaris. Whilst the scouts are just novitiates, so they are in training. Yeah, but let's get on to their strengths. So the strengths about the Phobos strike team, they are, uh, they all have a up armor save and twelve wounds, which is pretty good. Like. There's nothing wrong with that. That's still a good stat line. It's the average stat line for, yeah. uh, what do you call it, for Marines. That's fine. You also have three types of Marines. So as we said, you've got the Reavers, who are like your Assault Shock Troopers. Yeah. So the cool thing about Reavers, they they actually, their terror is now free. So when they activate it, it turns on and it lasts until the end of the round. While you're within blue of them, you are minus one APL for controlling objectives and it's plus one mission actions. To plus one to do mission actions while within blue of them, which means if a reaver's on the point, it's basically the reaver's point. Because now you nice. need four APL to tie. Uh, because Well, two models with uh, two APL each go down to three APL. So it means you need either someone with a comms buff or a third model to actually take control of the point. Then, uh, and compared to the compendium, the compendium, they used to be three, four, but now they're four, five. So they effectively have one more attack and they're four five so like the reavers go like this is not just any knife this is a big knife uh then you've got incursors who are the they're the ones with the visors are they yes they're the yes. bare heads they're the bare heads because basically incursors yeah. have the bare heads infiltrators have the semi heads oh, no, and incursors backpacks will have like a targeting array on them generally yeah. Uh, they have the camera one, whereas yeah. the infiltrators have like um, a big, big flat one, effectively. Yeah, they have they have just aerials, basically, is the way to tell them apart. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, but the, the good thing about incursors is they now ignore obscuring, which is just very powerful, especially if you're playing like on Into the Dark, which means it's very hard for people to hide, hide from you. Then for the infiltrators, their strength is they are armed with bolt guns that has lethal five up. So they're free for nice. lethal five up. So they're quite da damaging and shooting, but they have Omni Scramble. So in, in yes. the strategic phase, you pick someone visible to a model that has the Omni, Omni Scramble rule, and then they yep. are delayed by a number of activations equal to how many infiltrators you have on your team. So you can delay someone by up to six activations, which is very powerful. But even if you've got one, you're always delaying one, and it doesn't need line of sight, it just needs visibility. So even if you can see someone's knee or like their gun tip, they're delayed. It's like too bad. Should have hidden your weapons or your banner, 
which is very powerful because especially when you're six activation marine it what the strength of this kill team is it really punishes people trying to alpha strike you especially turning point two or three like someone with the granite grenade like that or like the melter gun i've set the melter gun up at the end of turning point one uh to punish you first activation and then you just go nope just stop them yeah like crazy uh and then the other thing is they have like uh, two very powerful ploys so the first one is vanguard which now has like so many rules to it so for one command point <laughs> vanguard lets you uh ignore the first white you traverse drop or climb it gives you plus one movement and it lets you do a mission action for one action point less to a minimum of zero and you auto pass jump tests i was about to say you forgot the most important rule there yeah the <laughs> no one no one's gonna forget that uh, but it basically turns all your marines to move seven inches. Uh, they move through barricades for free, or it just makes them super highly mobile. And you now get the ability to do a mission action for free, which is you can do something like open a door, capture a point. So it gives all your marines pseudo for APL, makes them faster, makes them harder to hide from, makes you super maneuverable, all for one command point. Insane. Like there's so many things you can do with Vanguard. It's crazy. And then they have a new stratagem, which was added in the balanced data slate. I forget the name of it, but it basically gives you P1 on your guns, piercing one. So if you nice. roll a crit with all your guns, they get AP1. And remember, if you're running infiltrators, your guns have lethal five up. So it, yeah. it's really powerful. And nice. that's the big strength of this team. They're really good at mission actions, board control. They have so many tricks. Oh, I also forgot to mention infiltrators ignore smoke which is very important because uh, they ignore the smoke from the Nackmund uh, battlefield, but also... Oh, gosh, because that's, that's huge normally in Nackmund. Yeah. Yep, and they ignore their own smokes and other faction smokes. So very powerful rule. Uh, but they're great at shooting, harassing, moving up, and just, like, controlling objectives. And when the name of the game is playing the mission, they play the mission really well. They also have access to recon, infiltration, and seek and destroy, although you're generally playing recon and maybe seek and destroy infiltration is better for teams like commandos because you need more bodies for it but even then they can do infiltration pretty well but recon is their bread and butter because you can just do stuff like pick up recover item for free you can do plant transponder for free as you move up it's very very powerful and then seek and destroy into hordes especially when you're double shooting you know you have a good way to kill stuff your leader also has strategize so while they're more than blue from enemy operatives you can get for an action point get a command point which you know helps refund all your command points and then they have a few powerful operatives that we'll get to later when we go over key operatives <laughs> but overall they're just a really fast board controly playing the mission well marine team that just mainly focus on shooting for their weaknesses they are 12 wound intercessor. So the the main problem is before it was fine because all like legionary 12 wounds, right? Then intercessors came along being 14 wounds and everyone was like, hey, what's going on there? <laughs> right? Uh, and, and even if you look at strike force Justian, their sniper is 12 wounds because he's in Phobos armor while yeah. uh, all the other Marines are still in 14. So it's kind of losing two wounds when the when the team first came out, everyone was like, "Yeah, it's twelve wounds is great." And then you see an intercessor with fourteen, and you're like, "What's going on there, guys? What's what's happened here?" What? It's a I think that's a design choice to show a difference because they've yeah. got the same save profile, right? Same save profile, same everything. It's just the wounds characteristic. Yeah, which I think is a better way of showing it rather than giving them a four up save. Yes, I think it should have only been a one wound difference, but I think these guys being thirteen wounds would probably be broken because uh, it changes yeah. the breakpoints. So the main problem being 12 wounds is a power weapon will kill you in two crits, which is a big problem because power weapons are quite common, and 12 wounds with no ways to get around damage reduction, like you don't have any damage reduction tricks, it's quite problematic. Just, right? just don't get hit, mate. Yeah, just don't get hit. Um, the other weakness is you have no high AP slash uh, high damage weapons. You, got, you have got the saboteur, but it's like yeah. this... Like, basically, all your stuff is AP1, which yeah. is good, but if you need AP2 stuff, you can have problems going into elites. Um, the other downside is you have to spend a command point to fight uh, to shoot twice or fight twice. So the problem you have is 
you realize this kill team becomes very command point intensive. So the issue you have is like turning point two, you could be spending upwards of three to four command points and you need those to work, right? Because you're spending one CP for Vanguard, one CP for shoot, twi uh, shoot twice, and then one CP for P1 on your guns. And then the other issue that happens with this kill team, you have no access to rerolls. You're just relying on rolling free ups, which I think is a good balance. We need more kill teams that just don't have, oh, look, I have rerolls everywhere. This is great. I love I love my game. Uh, it should be a way of introducing that something is elite. So having things like the, the elite scoring, like those those points that you get in Kazakhin, give them a point of difference. Yes. If everyone could do that, it wouldn't be special. Yeah. Yeah, that, it would, that would be problematic. So I do, it is a weakness, but it's a weakness I like. Because the, the problem is if you look at a lot of kill teams, their weakness is going like, oh, we just have rerolls forever, or auto hits, or like this, these operatives just have relentless. And you're just kind of like, okay, that's great. Um, but yeah, so your weakness is, you don't really have any ways to mitigate accuracy. So if you don't roll hot, it's pain. Uh, and as I said, you know, it's hard punching into other elites. Your melee specialists are good, but they're not great. They're like average melee specialists because your Reavers yeah. are... They've got uh, AP1 bolt gun, uh, bolt pistols, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, you never take their bolt carbines, because why? And they just have five attacks, hitting on freeze, four, five, which is good. But the problem they have is... Outside of that, they have no way that differentiates from the other melee specialists. They do have a ploy that lets them, if they started with conceal and switch to engage, they could yeah. do resolve two hits first, which is really good. But if you look at other elites or even other melee specialists, they don't have any like rerolls, bonuses to charging, nothing unique like that. Yeah. Um, and your leaders are kind of wild in terms of they're more support like back backfield leaders even yeah. a reaver sergeant because he just hits on twos because uh, the weird thing is in the compendium he had lethal five up which he lost so like i would always go reaver sergeant but even your what do you call them your infiltrator and incursor sergeants they just hit on twos with their bolt guns and they yeah. still hit on freeze with their fists i think but you yes. just kind of go like oh that's not much like your specialist usually kill teams have a unique thing with their leader but your leader just points he's just the guy yeah. pointing he's like he's like the meme he's like over there over there that's where we go well the incursor sergeant's bolt gun because it's an oculus one ignores a, cover yeah. yeah yeah but that's just a general thing yeah um it, it they're just like it's just a dude that hits on twos up because you compare it to like the aspiring champion from legionary who does a lot of stuff or even the intercessor sergeant who has a power weapon and a bolt gun so you kind of mm. go Oh wow, uh, it's it's they're just kind of generalist because they don't really have many good specialists, which is another issue. You have a specialist like your comms, which isn't a proper comms. He doesn't give someone four APL. He he tells someone to do a one AP mission action. They ha action they haven't done yet, which yep. is very limiting. And you've got a jamming guy who just reveals someone if they're within six inches, where you could just walk up and shoot them. And then he turns off rerolls while within six. Like a lot of your specialists just don't do anything, which is the problem. It makes the team quite bland and kind of one trick. Do so, you think that's because they were the first Space Marines they released and they were early enough kind of in the process that they were kind of finding the sweet spot for what Space Marines were going to be? Maybe. Yeah, they are one of the teams, like, there are teams that get kind of shortchanged by the equipment upgrade sprue they get with. Like, they didn't get many specialists out of the upgrade sprue. Like, Hyrotech Circle, a huge example of this. They just got, like, yeah. one character, maybe two. Technically then, two. Yeah, technically two, and then they had to sub in other characters. Like, this is the first kill team where it's an official bespoke team. But they were like, yeah. oh, you can just run Reavers as well, just to fill the gap. So I think they were new, because it's always models first with Games Workshop. Yeah. So obviously the devs were like, how do we offset this? Which is a nice way, but yeah. the, as a result, the, the kill team is still quite bland. Because so I thought there was a, a slight oversight personally when they were announced, that they had the three types of Phobos, but then they didn't have the um, Eliminators, which are the assassin, uh, the snipers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because that could have given, they've got a Laz Fusel, so that's an opportunity to give you some higher damage, higher AP kind of weaponry. I think the but, only issue then is like you would have Reavers. Three boxes. <laughs> uh, yeah, three boxes. And the kill to, like you would only probably get one eliminator and yeah. like a box of them is 35 quid because i had people going like oh why don't i just add eliminators it's like yeah do you want this to be the most expensive kill team in the game like it just goes back into the problem you had last edition but then you get the the opposite where you get established space marine players that already own the units just bringing one of their models so it's yeah. it's more inclusive in a, in a kind of reverse reverse fashion yeah i think they should like cap out at two boxes for like two yeah. different boxes for a kill team otherwise it gets very weird yeah i'm looking at you imperial agents <laughs> oh gosh don't don't get me started um, <laughs> but now we're going to key operatives so this is actually where you get most out of the kill team so the first key operative for your leader you know i've already covered you've got the infiltrator and curza leaders but they're just normal dudes that hit on twos but yeah. your key operative is like your reaver leader he does just hit on twos but having on everything on everything but having him with a bolt pistol that's three four ap1 hitting on two so he can double fire with that hitting on twos and he does become hard to charge as well as being 13 wounds and he can actually afford moving up the board giving you plus one uh command point because generally all he's going to do is charge fight kill someone then he could switch back to conceal oh i did forget to mention uh for an action point everyone can switch back to conceal after the first turning point but you don't really use it because no one's for APL, but the Reaver Sergeant can. But it's like your Reaver Sergeant is one of the few leaders who you don't mind just moving and dashing. Like you can move and secure a point and give you plus one APL. Where as if you take like an Infiltrator or Incursor leader, the problem is you're popping double shoot. So unless he's in a good position, you're going to move shoot shoot or move shoot uh, strategize or strategize shoot shoot but then your leader's just in the open so they just kill him whereas your reaver can afford to just go strategize every turn so that's yeah. why the reaver sergeant is just really good um then the commsman isn't great like i like the commsman but it takes too much work your medic is actually really good i don't know why there's this general hatred of medics in general if you go online every time i go to like an online discourse they're like medics are horrible don't take medics it's like but why is like all they do? I is would just... love one in in commandos. Exactly, literally. it makes you win shooting engagements. Like the the issue is so the key thing about the infiltrator helix adept. If you combine him when you play, uh, I think it's and they shall know no fear. Let me just double check the name of the strategic plot. Yeah, and they shall know no fear. You ignore all um, APL modifiers. So when a marine dies within blue of your medic, he loses an APL and lives on one wound. But the thing is, if you've got and they shall know no fear up. He just resurrects them for free and they don't get any modifiers. So he can, when you've gone, they shall know no fear up. He's just resing a model for free. Then they're still activating fully. It means someone has to fight you to actually kill you in one activation. So really important. Like you, the infiltrator is someone you take almost every game. He's so key because even then you can just activate him last. So even if he doesn't res someone, he could just go around and heal someone for 2d3. And it keeps your Marines going, which is really important for an elite team. And he's an infiltrator, so he's omni-scrambler. So he, even if he's not healing people, he's adding one to your delay characteristics. So he's really good. Then we've got your saboteur. He's your grenadier. Well, demolitions expert. So he has... Um, a, a lethal, he's he's an infiltrator, so he has omni-scramble and a lethal five-up bolter. But he has remote mines, which is four attacks in on twos, five, six, AP, one, detonate, and silent. So you can detonate it, so you can place it for one action point once per game while within black, and then everyone within blue, they don't have to be visible, is shot at, including himself. Um, yeah. But if you think about it, uh, people, like I used to play the saboteur with the comms because you would delay someone turning point two first activation, like by two activations, activates the saboteur who moves, places, the, well, dashes, places the mine, and then moves away. And then you... Then you activate the comms next who then tells them to blow up but if you look at the the mine it's a blue radius so it's a six inch bubble right all the way around six inch diameter nice. yeah and there's nothing like you can blow up at your feet so a good tactic is if people bunch up because it's really hard to avoid because of the six inch radius so even into like hordes or other elites you move seven inches because of vanguard 
you place yep. it within an inch, so that's eight inches, and then everyone within three from three inches of that point. So you've got an eleven inch eleven inch threat range. You hit everyone on twos, so you're generally going to get four hits. It's AP one. You should make both saves, so you will take ten damage, and then live on two wounds. If you do kill yourself, you can be within range of the medic, so you don't die. So you, your medic goes, not today, <laughs> not today. Um, but you can decimate hordes because it, it unlike normal grenades, like even the um, the Imperial Guard one got uh, the Vet Guard one got FAQs, so it has to be visible. People hiding behind a wall, you just go like plant hits everyone. Really powerful. Even when you play into elites, he's really cool because if you can hit two marines and he knocks both of them down to like two wounds, it's great because it's basically a two for one trade. So yeah, people go like, why would I want to throw away my my own operative? It's like, well, if he's going to hit five normal guys, which he will kill five of them because they won't get cover and it's hitting on twos and it brings down two other marines down to two wounds. It's great. Like he's great threat range and it catches people off guard because you just like they can't barricade block you because of vanguard. So you just move through. So very key. Like I generally always take an infiltrator and medic. So uh, sabotator, saboteur and medic. Saboteur, yeah. Yeah. Um, then you've got the veteran who's an infiltrator as well. He's really cool. Um, so he's got he just has a custom bolt gun and he has a combat knife. So infiltrators, uh, incursors, sorry, have three five in combat because they have the knives. Infiltrators just have fists. So he has he's like an infiltrator and incursor combined. So he's got omni scramble, yeah. and then his bolt gun has custom. So you can give it two so special cool. rules. So you can either give it balanced lethal five up, no cover, mortal wounds were on P one or rending. And what you give him is balanced and lethal five up because you can spend a CP to get P one. You don't care about no cover because you can just walk within two of someone and he counts as, uh, what do you call that? An uh, Omni Scrambler, so you can delay people. Like, yeah. he, you always take him. And yeah, you give balance because you need rerolls and lethal five up because it just stacks with all what you want to proc and you just yeah. delete stuff. The cool thing about him, as I said, because he's an infiltrator, he stacks with the Omni Scramble and like generally you're taking two to three infiltrators and it's usually either the medic and veteran, medic and saboteur, or medic, saboteur, and veteran. And these are the ones yeah. you always take. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory there. Yeah. Uh, the next one, you don't take any other infiltrators. You can take the infiltrator sergeant, but I don't like it. Then we've got two incursors. So the first incursor you take is the marksman. So he has a stalker bolt, bolt carbine, which is four attacks, hitting on twos, three, four, AP one, lethal five up. So... Uh, no silent, but he has track target, which basically is the uh, a worse version of guard. So for one action point, you go on track target. So if you, it counts as a shoot action. So the issue is you can't shoot and go on track target or without bolter drill. And if you've got bolter drill up, you can't go shoot, shoot, then track target. Yeah. But the cool thing is you track target after any activation where you have a valid shot you can switch him from conceal to engage and make a shot so he can actually make a shot from conceal turning point one he does go back to engage and can be shot after but if he's covered with the medic uh, and he does go down taking on freeze but it's still free for ap1 lethal five up and even when he's not doing track target he can just double shoot anyway four attacks in on twos three four ap1 always ap1 so he's very good at consistent damage isn't it an overwatch attack when he shoots? Yeah, that's why he goes down to in on freeze yeah. when he does it. Yeah. 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 Um, but what you can do, because he because he has a multi-spectrum away, he, he array, he ignores obscuring and smoke. So a common tactic is to put him on conceal and then drop a smoke on him. So turning yeah. point one. Even if um he flips to engage to shoot, he can't be shot back because this the new wording for smoke is like if a cover line crosses smoke now, you're obscured. So perfect. Yeah. So he's really good there. And then the last incursor you take is the mine layer. So nice. he has the standard bolt carbine, which just ignores cover. But then he has his haywire mine. So it's four attacks in on twos, two, four, lethal five up, no cover proximity. It has been updated as per the balance day slate. So you place the mine for one action point, place it visible within blue, uh, within black. And yeah. then the first time an enemy moves within blue of it, they take a hit. So... 
The new wording is it's lethal five up, no cover. Uh, it's lethal four up, I believe. Let me just double check because uh, this is the one where it's it used to not work from the way it was worded because it ha in the book it has stun. But if you stun someone during your, their own activation, yeah. it does nothing like yeah. because you've already generated your APL. So it's stun on crits, right? Yes. As well. So it's very much, it's not going to often happen <laughs> as well. Wait, it, it goes off and does nothing. Um, yes. So it has been updated. Oh, it's in the FAQ. Oh, for goodness sake. Uh, da, 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 da. But it basically has lethal four up and stun. So if it if they retain any critical hits, yep. the shooter, you are now minus one APL regardless. It's like not a modifier. You just are minus one APL. So it gets around operatives who are immune to minus one APL and then you stop all your movement. So if you, if you don't, great. yeah. So if you don't roll any crits, um, they're only taking two damage per hit and they can move normally, but on four dice on a four up, you basically are guaranteed to roll a crit. So then, you'd, four up. so you'd then want to put it in a path where it's the only route they could go to, to get and capture an objective or something like that. Yep. And then they stop, they're in the open and you've yep. got guys lined up. So maybe you've got your marksman then sat in some smoke, ready to go, brap. Yeah. So the cool thing is, if you put on the center of an objective, because it's range blue, it will cover over the objective. So the moment they hit into it, they stop outside of the objective. Uh, a common tactic is putting it uh, behind doors on Into the Dark. And then, op like, so even if they open them, they now can't move f further. So they get trapped. Or you plant it open the door. So if someone tries to get within two inches of you, they get within blue of the mine first, then stop in the open. And it brings down Marines to uh, two APL. So even if they move, if they were aiming to move and double shoot, now they all they can do is move, then dash, then shoot, which is so powerful. Like, he's annoying to elites, but uh, even into hordes, they basically, everyone they throw in two dies because they're going to take... You're, you're, you should get two hits, two crits, and if they block the two hits, they'll take eight damage. It's very problematic for Elven teams, like Eldari teams. Like Harlequins hate this, um, whereas Elites just get annoyed. So it's a he's a very good control piece, and you kind of always take him, just because even if he doesn't kill a Marine, he's going to chip him down, because he'll get two hits, two crits, and it's like it's still extra damage that slows and dictates movement, which you have to respect. And if your opponent isn't respecting what it can do, it catches them out. And then the next time they face it, they will not underestimate what it does. Yeah, and then you get people who are scared of it and just avoid it, which give you an objective. Yeah. So it's it, it can be very powerful. And then the last operative you take is a Reaver Warrior, just because he's melee. That's that's the only reason, because you need some melee, right? So there are some skew matchups where you want to go like, uh, I think like you can go into Inquisition where you just go like six Reavers, because you just move up, and even just, if they stop your double, just choppy. Yeah, you just run up and go like, you stop in my double shoot. Well, I'm going to fight you in the face then. Fight, fight, fight. Yeah. Double fight, right? Yeah. Uh, but Reavers are just, as I said, good at controlling and contesting objectives. They will secure you objectives. Against elites, you will always win an objective unless they're a banner because they go down to two APL while you remain at three and they still need yeah. two action points to do mission actions. It's so very powerful. So those are all the key operatives. So that usually boils down to Reaver Leader, Reaver Warrior, uh, medic and then either infiltrate uh, medic then either veteran or saboteur and then mine layer and uh, marksman so that that's the so you have two two and two uh you can shake it up to take three infiltrators but you're always delaying someone by at least two right mm -hmm. but, but the thing you have to i wish i should have covered in um technically downsides so um your delay is per act of what uh, models activated so if a if they activate two models, your mm -hmm. delay goes down from two so to zero. So group activations would yeah. punish you. Yes. Cool. Yeah, so if you delay someone by one, um, they still can't be selected to activate, but if the team has a way to activate two different people, like GA2 but not being GA2, they can go like, I'm going to activate this model first, which removes your one omni-scramble if you've only taken one infiltrator, yeah. And then chain activate someone else, which is annoying. And like, a, it's like, here's this rule we've made. Here's the same rule. 
where we haven't followed the formatting, so it technically is even better because we haven't followed the the guidelines. <laughs> Which is, you know, just a happy thing with this game. Uh, and then how to collect. That's an important thing to cover. Uh, so if you just buy the Phobos Strike Team box, you will literally have everything you need. And then all you need is five Reavers. Uh, which you should be able to just find on eBay. Very cheap. So they've never been particularly functionable as a as a unit in 40k, and they're often in um, Christmas box sets. For the, I think they were in two of those. So there's always lots of them going around in the secondhand market. Yeah, like they're weird. Where they're not tournament viable, but they are popular. Like they're cool mid models. Uh, don't buy the Hounds of Morkai because I looked at them. So f- ten reavers are thirty five quid. The Hounds of Morkai are like five reavers with a space wheels upgrade sprue for like twenty eight. So it's not actually worth it buying those. And I just bought mine from eBay for like fifteen quid. So yeah, like if you wanted to, you could just buy the fo- um, what do you call it the reaver lieutenant and put them on a thirty two mil base if you just wanted the reaver sergeant on its own. That's a very cool model as well. Yep. Uh, just remember, he comes on a 40 mil base, so you'd have to downsize him to a 32 mil. But otherwise, that is that. Like, the cool thing about elites, they generally only need one box. Uh, Phobos are the only team until intercession where you actually need two different boxes because they're two different kits. That's... Yeah. But if you're an established Space Marine player, the chances are you'll have a big chunk of them. Because um, another example is a lot of specialists, like the. Helix Adept was actually part of the monopose guys they did for Shadow Spear, the original yes. launch for them. And you can kind so you, of build the medic and comms anyway from the current kit. Yeah. So it's it's pretty easy. And I've seen people sub in like eliminators as the sniper. And then like you get the mine layer anyway. The only thing is yeah. the saboteur, but you can just like throw him with melt bombs, like, oh, all my motor yeah. bombs. And the the monopose guys, there was a guy with a grenade, so yes. doubles for him as well. Uh, for tactics, as I said, the main tactics is you do Vanguard turning point one because Vanguard, like you love playing loot. Loot is your f- best mission because you just go, oh, look at this point. It's mine. Now now I'm going <laughs> to shoot you twice. Uh, great on Into the Dark as well. You also like love secure. But turning point one, you pop um, Vanguard and strategize. So you remain on four command points. Turning yeah. point two, you go to five command points and then you pop uh, double shoot, Vanguard, and uh, P1 boat guns. And then you go down to two command points and then you strategize for free and then you do the same turning point three. Your main goal is to move up, double shoot and maximize your shooting because you've got Vanguard doing mission actions for free. Uh, You move seven inches, so you just need to get within nine inches of someone to shoot. Um, So like a common play is to go like mostly infiltrators and just shoot. Uh, even if you take Reavers, Reavers benefit from the double shooting as well, and they just have AP1 pistols. So they benefit from just moving seven inches, being within two inches of someone, and then firing an AP1 bolt gun, which is even better. So you don't need to rely on rolling crits. But that's the general tactic, because I think the problem is people just go like, oh, I have to charge with the Reavers. But actually, you just want to chip away from shooting, because this is what this kill team does. It is better when you play into hordes and you go like, oh, you're dead from one volley. You're dead from one volley. The downside is this. You don't have any CP really for rerolls. So you just go like, oh, okay. I I fluffed. Uh, I think the most depressing thing is when um, they shoot at someone in cover, fluff their first roll, do no damage. And then they've, uh, because they're in cover, they survive again on like one wound or you spend two activations killing a guardsman when you ideally wanted to kill two. But that, that's yeah. the innate weakness of this kill team. Um, as I said, you always want to run Recon because Recon is the best archetype. Um, you run Seek and Destroy into Hordes because you can just murder Hordes instead of playing for like... Because uh, it's really easy for you to score Recover Items, Secure Vantage, Plant Signal Beacon. So that's there. Uh, also, you want... I always recommend taking at least two Infiltrators for the Omni Scrambling. So you delay in someone by their first activation by two activations because one activation is too dicey delaying someone by two gives you a lot more free room free roam if you've got like delaying someone by four activations your opponent will just give up on that uh, we'll just assume that guy's dead we'll just go like okay you've delayed them by four activations they're dead i'm just going to ignore them if you give them two delays 
you give them false hope. They're like, there's a chance. You've, that was your first activation. Still got one act, and then you just kill them, and they go like, wow, well, why did you do that? We're not friends anymore. Uh, as I said, you've got all the saboteur, saboteur tricks, and then um, the medic, uh, the medic boom. Uh, not the medic, the saboteur boom, as I said. Um, I just, this is like completely off topic, but I realized I thought I booked enough tables for my Christmas friends and I, I, I booked one less. It's fine. I'm just mentally right myself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this will make it in. Um, and then the other tactic is your equipment. So your equipment is, where is it? So, oh gosh, it's the cell book. So you've got crack grenades, which you always take one because you need a crack grenade they're great yeah uh smoke grenades which combine with your leader uh yeah. but i like grav shoots so grav shoots are two equipment points uh so you take two grav shoots and what they do is they give a reaver operative the what do you call it the six uh they move four inches with fly at the end of um the scouting step scouting. Yeah. so it's a super recon dash and then when if you dash onto a vantage point with this move when they move down, they count as having the fly rule. So if you position it right, like move them four inches up and then move them onto a vantage point, then move off a vantage point, they're moving. Uh, if you give them a crack grenade as well, they move seven inches with fly, then dash three inches, potentially with Vanguard. So then they can like traverse for free as well and then throw a crack grenade. But even if you're not using for the crack grenade, it allows your reavers to quickly move up the board and secure objectives you couldn't normally reach without investing into recon. So really cool there. Um, and that's the main combo with this kill team. It's kind of straightforward. It's just walk forward, board control, use your minds, and just you have to make your opponent respect that you can literally walk within two and double tap. Right. Uh, I, this team kind of prefers playing into elites, in my opinion. And you love playing on Into the Dark. You like playing into Hordes. But that gives me a good segue into uh, bad matchups. So I think your bad matchups are... Uh, Intercession are still quite weird just because they're so tanky. But it's not too bad anymore. Legionary is very bad because Legionary specialize in killing elites. Um, Eldari teams are a weird love-hate like there's it's good and bad for both of you and then the only horde team you really worry about in my opinion is vet guard just because blooded you can just outshoot whereas vet guard have a lot of tricks to like mess around with your shooting because they have a medic and they have their own mind which isn't limited so yeah it's it's quite crazy um i think are there any other bad matchups uh chaos cult is a bad matchup just because chaos Cult have 15 bodies Gellapox is a, a bad matchup because the problem with Gellapox is they have too many wounds, so it's really hard for you to chip them away unless your opponent just plays into the open. And then Commandos is really, really hard at the moment because they've got just a scratch. So statistically, it will take two volleys to kill a Commando, and it becomes worse if they use just a scratch. So the problem is you have one <laughs> in, in Curza. You have to like roll hot. You basically have to roll crits every time you shoot, which is really depressing. So, and then the commanders will just outfight you. Yeah. So the problem you have is like, you move in to within range of two commandos. They just a scratch, so you now have to kill the one. And then the issue is the other one just charges you and maims you. And then yeah. the other one charges and kill you. So that's the main problem. So I would say your hardest matchups are probably Gallopox, because you can't chip through them fast enough. Like the Nightmare Hulks, they're just too difficult. And then um, commandos... And then I'd probably say Vet Guard. Breaches are okay because you just crit damage them through. But oh, and Legionary is just pain. Like, it's so hard, especially into a good Legionary player. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then I think we've covered all the combos, really. Like, I, I, the main, like, matchup tricks is like, you know, Suicide Saboteur. He's great into elites and hordes because he's got a six inch, like, uh, boom and yeah. um the medic can keep people alive especially with them they shall know no fear so it that's kind of it it's just remember walk within two double shoot that is what your goal is 
Um, so playstyle is just, they have one playstyle, which is move up, secure all the objectives, turning points two and three, move and gun, move and gun. It's, it can be boring and it does sound boring, but because Vanguard gives you so much mobility and freedom with the plus yeah. one move, the free traverse and drop and um, the tricks you have, it's a very flexible team in how you play. It just has the same goal, but because it seems quite static on paper, you have different routes to that goal instead of what it looks like. So you go, oh, just move within two and shoot. But then you have tricks like using smoke to cover your moving up to like turn one harass and then go for like precision kills and try and neuter opponent, get into their mind, like, you know, using your grenades to zone out spaces on the board. That's, it's, it's kind of like aggressive board control is the way I would describe yeah. it. Uh, and then for the overview, that's pretty much it. You know, remember, Vanguard is life. Turning point two is kind of your big turn. It either works or it doesn't. If it doesn't, unfortunately, there's nothing much you can do. But the goal is move up cautiously, turning point one, try and secure all the objectives, which usually you can, especially with Reavers. Then turning point two, just keep punishing out. Because the longer the Reavers live, the harder it gets for your opponent to contest objectives. And especially when you start rolling hot or averagely good, your opponent will just start crying because it's just literally move, kill two models, and then they go, oh, um, you've delayed the key model I want to activate and you've just killed the other two key models. I'll do something else. Then you kill that key operative that was delayed and then someone else and they just go like, okay, this is quickly turning. And then if they don't see it, like you move, you move the saboteur seven inches and like blow him up. And then he just takes a bunch of people with him. Like the saboteur alone, first activation turning point two can just win you games. So don't feel hesitant about throwing your saboteur and just to throw the bomb. Like it's like, I've had people go, yeah, but I don't want my saboteur to die. It's like, yeah, but if you threw your saboteur away, you would have hit like six operatives and won the game. Cause it's yeah. just crazy. Like that's. It's a good trade. Yeah. And especially on boards, like we get a lot of boards where heavy cover is designed to keep you obscured. And especially with this kill team, it can just suddenly go like, oh, you're trying to be obscured. I don't care about that rule, die. And then it's just like, move, shoot, dash back. And then they, or they can just double shoot you from obscurity while you can't do anything. So it's really crazy what you can do with this kill team. I think the the main problem people have on paper, they go like, oh, I just gun, but my most of my damage output is free four, which is true, but you have lots of tricks around that. Like, as I said, the Reaver can surprisingly kill someone by when yeah. he switches from because the command point, as I said, switching from conceal to engage, especially if you strike if you roll two crits because you suddenly hit someone for 10 damage and then for four on the next hit or hit someone for nine damage or something. Yeah. Even hitting someone for eight damage is huge. Like against a non intercessor, as long as you've rolled four hits, which you should do, you hit a Marine for eight and then they go. I hit you for four, and then you go, okay, cool, now you're dead. So yeah. you can make efficient the, trades. The, the jump from four attacks to five attacks alone makes a difference, and then being four, five, rather than three, four, three, five is a huge difference as well. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. They have a lot of tricks. Mobility, they're surprisingly fast, which catches people off. And the weirdest thing, I don't see a lot of people taking grav shoots. I'd always take grav shoots. They're so good. Um, I see people relying on smokes too much because, like, grav shoots are only... Uh, let me see. They do only go on reavers, but they're only four equipment points. Uh, let me just double check. Yeah. So you could take two grav shoots, a crack grenade, and a smoke grenade. Yeah. That would be all your points. I don't really rate frag grenades because it's only two free. And that's... <sighs> yeah. That's not great. You have other ways to get around that. And as I said, like, I've seen people who have just... Once you put down a haywire mine, just run away from the points. And I'm like, just run into the haywire mine. It's like the, the problem the haywire mine has is stuff that ignores crit damage. So it's like if if a beastman sends um, <clears throat> someone into the gong with, within range of the gong, at most they just take uh, all the crit damage goes down to two damage. And when you're playing into uh, custodies, talents of the emperor, if they've got Aegis up, because um, it's 2-4, just counts as 2-2. Two, two. But that's very niche. It still stuns them. Like, it still removes an APL and stops their oh. movement. So I, I think people look at it like, oh, it's the damage. It's like, no, you're stopping their movement. 
that is the key thing and you're messing and up movement wins games yep like can you imagine someone dashes moves and then they need to get onto the objective but now you've just stopped them you didn't kill them but because where you've placed the haywire mine they now stop just out of range of the objective and now they've like lost the game that's the key thing and like as i said on into the dark you can make choke points you love into the dark that's pretty much it about this kill team it's kind of simple but it's deceptively deep they're, they're a basic straightforward honest kill team with finesse required to make them really sing yes i do think it's kind of crazy they they like the way they fixed them was by giving them too many rules so like vanguard there's like five different four different things now and they can just spend a cp to get p1 on their boat guns but they the trade-off is you know they don't get any rerolls. which i think is fine it means yeah. if they slap they slap but if they don't just make sure you're not caught out enough that you are gonna have the game slide against you exactly and i think it's it's weird they're not it's like they're still hard to play but when you see someone playing them well they feel absolutely busted which is they're on my list to try for that very reason that it feels like a nice challenge whilst for me intercession felt kind of like i was playing very straightforward marines and it didn't feel like there was a thing that i could improve on other than just i do the thing yeah i think the main problem is they do become like a stat check team so when they play into teams with like high resistances they kind of go wow this is unfun but I, I think it's kind of needed in the game and it's more a problem with those teams that are like DPS checks for other players. Yep. Uh, but overall, they're really fun. They are literally Spec Op Marines now and they're just yep. very fun. I think Legionary are the most forgiving kill team to play because you've got six different individual characters. Whereas Phobos is more rewarding if you practice and play like plan your plays yeah. and go like okay i'm playing oh, and it rewards you if you're good at reacting because you can quickly react to changes on the board other people can't so yeah just, and, go on and legionnaires have obviously they've got legionaries have got uh the fact that you can give all the different marks as well so there is different ways to skin that cat yes whilst yeah. these guys don't have that <laughs> so you don't yeah. have that flexibility yeah, no, no, exactly. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, I've made mine for Black Templars, so I use the Black Templar upgrades through. Um, I gave my Incursor, no, Infiltrator Leader, the 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 Knighthead, the Black Templar Knighthead, and like my Reaver and uh, Incursor Sergeants all have candles. <coughs> like my actual uh, Black Templar Incursor Sergeant has the lamp. Yeah, that looks pretty neat. There we go. Mine are all Ravenwing. Uh, so, got little red shoulder pads, but everything else is in black. Corvus black, and they've all got squad markings because that's stealthy. No, mine are, <laughs> mine are sneaky black templars with lanterns yeah. and candles. It's just like, nice. we are silent. Silent, so silent. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So, anything you'd like to add, Scrivo? I would just like to see a few bits of equipment, I think. If I was ever to see something change, be a few equipment options rather than extra rules stacked onto them. <clears throat> yeah, I could see that. They have like some fancier narrative equipment. Let me bring it up. Yeah, and that's um, what gave me hope because every time I st get a new book, I look at the narrative stuff and go, "That seems really cool." Never going to use that because <laughs> yeah, they've no like no matter. No, go on. It's just no matter how many times I look at the narrative stuff, I'm like, I'll get around to it. No. I always play a match play game. <laughs> oh yeah, they've got like Artificer's Blade, which gives an Incursor or Reaver plus one crit damage and lethal five up. So your leader basically gets power weapons. Um, Reaper rounds for your Reavers, so they gain silent and mortal wounds one on their pistols. Um, it's the Umbra Shroud I liked, because it's the whole having to reroll crits. Oh my gosh, that would be stealthy. Great. That's so fun. That's against shooting as well, so they're literally just wearing stealth cloak. Yeah, no, that's cool. But it's, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much it. There's nothing else to add. Uh, if you've been uh, watching this on stream, hope you enjoyed it. We'd be doing this more. Uh, if you're a patron, thank you. You get this video as well. I mean, eventually, because well, if this has gone well, uh, I'll figure out how to cross stream. 
And that I've always this have across the streams. Across the streams, <laughs> the swords are crossing. Oh dear! Oh uh, God! Why does he have to make it so erotic every time? Oh gosh, yes, it's great. Like, no <sighs> one can tell uh, the production issues. It's fine. It's fine. But yeah, that's that's pretty much it. So until next time, uh, keep rolling crits, even if you're being hunted by the football strike team. <laughs>